er vi klar for en ny episode av Skoletid, podcasten til It's Learning. Denne episoden er spilt in i forbindelse med BAT, og i den forbindelse så har jeg med min gode kollega Trond Scheie. Velkommen, Trond. Takk skal du ha. Det er Katrine. <laughs> du kan ikke du er en ringrev på dette med BAT. Hva er BAT for nu? Jeg er jo ikke sikkert at alle vet det. Jo, BAT er liksom et begrep innen, kanskje den største, det er en største nesten nå, innen uttalingsteknologi i Europa. Det står det for noe sånn British Educational Technology Trade Show, eller hva man sier, men... Alla kallar det bara för bättre. Så det är er en liten sån institution för norrmän att resa till januar som plejer att vara då i i mars till London och uppleva den nya in utbildningsteknologi då eller tech så det heter här låter. Ja, för idag och igår för så vitt nyter vi nydligt våra vär. Det är er varmt, solen skiner och det är er ganska så grejt att vara här. Ja, i år och så tror jag många som reser är er så härligt att få lov att resa då av lärare och folk som är jobbar mot skolor så är er det extra hungrig liksom för att komma sig ut i år efter den pandemin och ja den uken har det varit hellre med fantastiska då. Vem är er det som reser på den här mässan Tom? Du eh för det första är er det folk från hela Europa, hela världen som kommer då. Traditionellt i år är er det lite begränsat på grund av pandemin vi är er på väg ut av. Ehm um, ta för Norge då så reser det egentligen alla möjliga människor allt från folk som är er så härliga som jobbar i klassrummet det vanligt till folk som har en kanske en roll in i IKT då i i kommuner och fylkeskommuner. Ja, och så är er det då ledare och andra folk som önskar att uppleva det då Och vi upplevde ser gott väldigt många resor igen. Har de första rest en gång så är er det liksom bitter den Brasilien och skall på och bett igen då. Ja, för det är er ju ett yrande folkliv runt massacenter här. Akkurat nu står vi på Sundborn och här också är er det ganska mycket liv och röra. Så det är er helt tydligt att det är er en stor event att där. Det är er det, det är er det. det er, alltså det första gången jag var här så började liksom okej, okay, det har varit Man har på ankul kanske och och massor av konferenser i Norge så det blir överväldigt stort det egentligen är då och du tänker gärna på en digital tavla att det är er liksom den tavlan det det är er interaktiv eller smartboard är er liksom allt och så kommer du in här och ser det kanske 20 andra leverantörer till sånt teknologi som du aldrig hört om någon teknologi självklart som det är er, sånt som är er inte kontant som är er framtiden och du möter det självklart de stora firman som har gigantiska standarder så visar framtidsteknologi så här är er det egentligen möjligt att du får ganska mycket inspiration till undervisningsvardagen sen då Ja, på en måte også, men du må liksom ta det for det det er, sant? Du må ta det på at din hverdag er kanskje litt annerledes enn den fantastiske muligheten som finnes, da. men så må du ta med de, de tingene du ser og sette det inn i din kontekst. Sant? Det må du egentlig med alt nikotere. Du må liksom ta, hva kan jeg ut av det for å forbedre min, min undervisning? Og det er det mange tips uh, inn der, og så er det noe som er kanskje veldig langt vekk fra det vi driver med i Norge nå. Og vi som jobber her i Sørning, vi har jo fått möjligheten til att møte kollegaene våre som jobber i Europa med andre internasjonale Sørning-brukere. Du känner en del av de fra før. Det er hyggelig å møte kollegaer også. Det er en del av det vi har for oss også. Snakke med kollegaer, kunne hverdagen deres, hva slags trender er det i, I skolen for eksempel? Det frokost i dag med en fransk kollega. Alt litt om hvordan det er i Frankrike, ja alt fra pandemien, hvordan den påvirker det og, og hva slags möjligheter och kan de skolan spör om så den kan vi lära väldigt mycket och så Norge är er alltid varit ett föregångsland att långt framme då med digitalisering i alla fall på i fall till att rulla ut programvara och och så har du det. Frankrike är er inte kommit så långt sånt där är er det mer snack om kan vi få en enhet till två av eleverna eller en en till en kanske sånt och så får väl mycket större sånt det blir lite annorlunda snack om en liten kommun i Norge mot en stor distrikt i Paris för exempel 
Ja, för det som du illustrerar där Trond är er ju lite som jag upplevt när jag har haft fått lov att resa på skolebesök i olika land i Europa. Är er det som många gånger har det slått med att vi är er inför den samma sektorn, vi jobbar med undervisning och även om det är er inte så väldigt långt mellan Norge och för exempel Frankrike som du nämnde så kan det skillnaden inför undervisningssektorn vara stora. Det, det kan det också. Och så tror jag att norska lärare har är er, väldigt härlig med en ting att de är er ganska autonoma alltså läraren får styra mycket själv och det är er jättebra att lära sig Det likar vi också. Um, så har vi kanske nog att lära av en del andra land där det er kanske lite mer toppstyrt. Uh, där man ofta definierar processer att sån gör vi planläggning för exempel och vi ska ha den kvaliteten på det. Det ger också några värderingar så att man finner den balansgången mellan uh, speciellt med införing av ett system som det Teams eller its learning eller vad det skulle vara så må någon liksom visa lite grann vi har anskaffat detta för det att det ska hjälpa oss med den utfordringen eller den kvaliteten då man måste få resultat Så där tror jag många i Norge är er flinka men många har som en väg att gå i form av och få en enhetlig bruk då. Och i förbindelse med den massen så har vi alla nämnt att vi är er flera kollegor här från olika europeiska land. Men vi ska också möta en av våra kollegor som sitter i Finland senare, Rob Folkman. Mm. för lite över två år sedan så skedde det någonting i ett stämning. Kan du fortälla lite om det Tom? Ja, jag antar att du siktar till att sedan då skiftet ägare. Ett stämning var ju ägd av ett så kallat private equity sällskap som som självklart köpte stämningen sin tid för att lite sälja det någon år sånt och förlita några pengar på det. De ägaren så var tog ett sånnmar då, ett finsk sällskap då, men som fokuserar på Europa och har då en bygga nu upp har en stor division som Sanoma Learning. Det tillhör ett slöning. Eh och ett slöning sin tänkte roll där är ju att Sanoma har många innehållsdistributörer, det är massa innehåll. Eh men det tänger en plattform och koble detta här och distribuera det ut på då. Alltså och det är där ska ett slöning ha när och speciellt för ungdomstrinne och vidaregående då. Då ska vi få lov att snacka lite med Rob och höra lite om tankarna till Sanoma. Det glädjer mig till. Ja. Jag har varit så heller Rob för han är er väl inspirerande och så och bryr sig också själv om han har varit med mig ute i norska skolor och gick oss till och med snacka med lärare själv om han leder en väldigt stor institution så det blir hyggligt. Det är tusen tack för att du ställt upp Tom. Allt är hyggligt. Then I have a new guest with me. Welcome Rob Coltman. Thank you. You are actually the CEO of Cinema Learning. Yes, I am. Yes. And Cinema Learning recently bought its learning. Yeah, so two years ago, almost by now already, a year and a half. So yeah, very pleased with uh, with that. And it's part of the Cinema Learning family, which is basically um, active in 11 countries in the, what we call the K-12 market. So primary, secondary, vocational education, and then all the way from all the content to indeed learning management systems and, and other sort of digital solutions. So a wide spectrum and its learning is a very, very important part of that. And I also know that you also are a teacher. Well, I started my career as a teacher, that's correct. And in, not in, in sort of the K-12 market, but more in teaching accountancy and tax and things like that. Uh, but throughout my career, I've been about half my time in education. And of course, now very much so again. So I, I really enjoy it. Rob, I remember my first day at school. Very good. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I also remember what I was wearing. I remember even what my teacher was wearing. And it was a big day. Yeah. But uh, 
not everyone is have a good day the first day at school but yes. do you have any memories of your first day i have at to be honest i do not remember my first day but i was thinking about it and and what i do very much remember is a couple of key teachers and i look back at it now thinking yeah they were very important those first few years very fond memories or even when they uh, you know were less nice that you remembered as well but particularly the ones that were nice that sort of stays with you for uh, for the rest of your life in the way of how they treated you and also uh, how important that was for you, um, you wanting to learn and also enjoying it. So mm. yeah, that's sort of the memory I've got with it, with one or two very specific teachers, yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about some of the memories? Yeah, well, it's it's all about, I think, if I look back at it, more that building confidence, right? So it's one thing to, to, to learn and to study, but it's also that, that sort of whole bringing up the kids and, and, and myself as well to, to sort of yeah build confidence yourself uh, when you're very young and I see that a lot now when when it's in my new in this role I of course go to uh, to schools and I see kids and I think yeah that's what I do remember is how important it is besides all the learning and the technical side to just get kids also comfortable uh, in the classroom and then really help them what we then call reach their potential mm. that sort of yeah brings back memories in that way yes. and to reach the potential that's where we all want to go, but yeah. it's, it can be a long way. Yeah, so I think what I really like about the way we talk about it in, in, and when we see the passion for education of the teachers, it's, it's also very much about for every child, it's different what it means to reach your potential. Yes. And, and um, I like it a lot that we do a lot around special education needs, for example, just as one way of saying, okay, there are very different ways of, uh, of reaching your potential and what that, what that means. And I think that's very important to realize. So why have you personally chosen to work within education? Well, as I indicated earlier, I've sort of rolled into education originally many, many years ago as a, as a teacher, and I really enjoyed it. And when I look at it, I, I really enjoy the sort of passion I see for um, for education across the, uh, you know, across all of all the people that work for us. So that's very nice to uh, nice to see. But it's also meaningful, right? You really can make a difference uh, depending on, on on what you do, either on the content side or you know it's learning on trying to help teachers become more more efficient in the schools. But it really matters what we do in supporting those uh, those teachers, and in particular if you then see. Um, the real shortage there is of, of, of teachers and how schools sometimes are struggling with having the right number of teachers, then the more we can help and make their life more efficient, uh, the better it is for them to uh, to, to, to make a difference towards the, the children. Um, and I also know that in your role in, in Sanama Learning, you get to see a lot of different countries and how they work inside the education market. Yes. And you recently went to Norway. I did, yes. What was your impression about Norway? Yes, no, well, first of all, I recognized also there very much the passion for education. We met with uh, several uh, teachers in, in schools and, and sort of headmaster, um, um, and that was really good to, to, to see. Um, so that was, that was, you know, sort of the common theme that you see across the different countries. And I think I was impressed with also the, the sort of way of teaching and also the digitalization and, and, and how that was going within the Norwegian uh, context and what they were explaining. And by no means easy, mm. but certainly, of course, um, you know, relatively quite far advanced to also some other countries in, uh, in, in Europe, right? That was really good to see. When I used to work as a teacher in, in the Norwegian schools, I was lucky to see a different kind of schools in, in other European countries. And what kind of got to me several times is that Europe is quite small. Yes. But even though Europe is small, there is such big differences between different schools and 
different levels at school, yes. even within the K-12? Yes. Now, there's a lot of difference. So, I mean, as I mentioned, we are sort of active in about 11 countries across Europe, and the, and the differences are very, very big. If you take digitalization and you take a country like the Netherlands, then over 70% of, of, of everything that happens there is it's either digital or blended. If you take Poland and Spain, we're talking 2, 3, 4%. If you take a country like Germany, yeah, that's now catching up very fast, but it was also at that very early stage of digitalization. And then you've got countries like Norway, Finland, that are, of course, sort of have, have made that trajectory already a lot more. But so the, the differences are very, very big. But also the philosophy around teaching, what countries find important to focus on, differs, of course. Mm. And I think that is where we try to really be close to the schools, to the teachers, uh, to help them. Because... Yeah, what it means to support a school in Norway or in Finland or in the Netherlands or in Poland, Spain is different per country depending on where that country is around digitalization, around curriculum, curriculum changes. And that makes it exciting as well to really yeah, try to make a difference in all these different uh, countries. Absolutely. But how about culture? Because culture can also uh, differ from these countries that you're mentioning. Yes, absolutely. And culture, politics, it's all uh, plays, into, uh, plays into that. And I think the cultural awareness and also what are the topics that are really important at the moment in a certain country when you think about lesser material, uh, equality, diversity, sustainability, all those topics that are there, uh, let's say, in all everywhere but of course the way they play out in a, in a given market is different uh, from country to country and that is what uh, a lot of our teams particularly on the publishing side of course try to uh, try to support getting it right what it means to uh, to do that in uh, in a specific country so even culture could be a part of reaching the potential yes i think very much so and also making sure that you understand the cultural aspects of uh, how you how you incorporate that into your lesson material and that is sometimes on a country level but if i take spain as an example there you have 17 regions and they all have their own take on the on the national curriculum and their own elements culturally and, and otherwise uh, history as well of course that come into play i would like to talk a little bit out about the digital because as you already mentioned both its learning and cinema learning are within the digital sector yes and what is your impression on whether the nordic schools are when it comes to digital learning yes well i think sort of really good position already i think is is, is fair to say um in some areas, and, and I by no means pretend to be an expert in on the Norwegian market in particular, right? But observation-wise, you can see that, that you know a lot has happened already on the digitalization, so that is that is really good to see. It is in that way much much further advanced than quite a few of the other countries in in Europe. Um, and then you've got countries like Netherlands, where I think they are in certain areas on the personalized learning have got an, a few steps more already as well. But it, you know, overall, of course. Um, you know, the, the, the education standard, um, as far as I can see, in, in the Nordics in particular, is of course very, very high. But to be able to have, let's call success within the digital sector, is it, is it important to be aware of how we can support our teachers? I think that's crucially important. So um, the way we try to do it is, of course, work very closely with the teachers, with the schools, whether it's on the content side or on the learning management side, to really understand where we can make a difference. And if you take the, the learning management side of it, it's, of course, also all the 
administrative elements of, of the work, can we make that easier, can we, can we help there, but increasingly also that element of personalized learning, how can we make sure that the content that the teachers use is, is sort of presented in the best possible way. And the only way to, to do that properly is work very, very closely with the teachers uh, to understand how they really would like to use it and what they really uh, need, which is also obviously not always clear to the teachers themselves. They, they sort of know very well in the classroom how they would like to do it, but it's up to us to then translate that into what, how can we support that, how can we help them. That's a very good point because, of course, the teacher know the learning environment the best. Yes. But for us to be able to listen to them is the, is the best way. Yes, and it's also always very impressive to see teachers in a classroom setting. They, of course, first and foremost, and I really admire it, are focused on, and rightly so, on the children mm. and really trying to understand what, what makes it work for that particular child, right? And then it's up to us to see, can we support that with either digital solutions, blended methods, etc. but always with the idea of helping the teacher, you know, with, with, with the children reaching their potential, as we said before. And trying to motivate and yeah. the same way we can motivate teachers. Yes. Yeah, which is what I always enjoy most when, when I'm allowed to sort of go to a school and, and see a teacher's in action in, in, in the classroom. That is always, you know, that, that brings it really to life. Yes, it's, fantastic. it's the best thing. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. I think the classroom is one of the best places to be yes. in the world. It's very much so. In, in some words, how would you say that, um, or is there any positive influence Sanama Learning can contribute towards Norwegian schools? <laughs> yeah, so, so we of course very much try also in, in Norway to work very closely with the teachers and with the schools when you think about the further development of its learning. So we, we don't have content as much in the, in the Norwegian market, so for us there it really is about how can we help with our learning management system, how can we help with, with, with its learning. Um, and then it is about the elements like personalized learning and the journey you see there, to move more and more to blended uh, uh, learning. Of course, in the last couple of years, not just in Norway, but also in Norway, we've tried to help wherever we can when it came down to the all of a sudden, you know, doing everything from home for quite some, uh, some time. Now we are trying to support where we can on the sort of, okay, are there areas where, where schools in the new situation, which is more also still having a lot of kids sometimes having to study from home, how can we support that as well in this more hybrid way of, uh, of, of learning? So I think, yeah, we try to do it in different ways, but it always comes back to trying to be very close to the teachers and the schools to see where we can really support them. Yeah, and, and, and by doing so, I think it's also easier to be successful as a mm. teacher if it's possible to, do, to, to work the way you're yes. describing. Yes, and, and I think, um, it also comes back to that topic of, um, um, you know, teachers in general, and I think that's also true in Norway, are really short of time. So the more <laughs> efficient we can make it f for them and uh, the more we can help, then of course that, that goes a long way in uh, for the teacher having more time to, to work with the students. And I, ultimately that's what it's all about. And that's a very good point. And I think that all the teachers who are lis listening to this podcast will be happy to hear that you say that because it is yes. a profession when there is time critical. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I don't know the, the details of the Norwegian market well enough, but if I look across Europe, the shortage of teachers is a real issue now, but it mostly will continue and even get, uh, get worse. So anything we can do to, to make it more efficient is really, really important. But it, it always has to come in the interaction with the teachers. Ultimately, uh, although I have been a teacher myself, I would not pretend at all 
to know what is the best thing now for the teacher. That will have to come from the interaction we have and, and also with the, with, with the head of schools and the school management to see where we can support it more. And I think it's quite nice that uh, the way it's learning has their ideal portal where a teacher actually can come in with suggestion yes. and to work with that is one of the way that we can try to make an improvement for their teaching life. Yeah, and I think um, coming back to that point on on passion, there's a lot of passion, of course, in the schools. But I also genuinely believe, and uh, that that there's a lot of people within within its learning and within Sanama learning who are really passionate about trying to help. So that is also hopefully a very welcoming environment to share any ideas the teachers have to improve our solutions further. And we know we only play a small part in the overall day-to-day -day work of of the teacher, but hopefully we can yeah, we can help with that. And that brings me to my next question as well. Um, because as it's learning and Sanoma learning are working together in cooperation, to what extent do you think we are delivering the product that the schools expect? Yeah, it's a very good question. And um, yeah, I would not, um, let's say, be arrogant to say, okay, we, we know it's all perfect. I think there's always things that, that can be improved. And also, it is changing all the time, right? So yes. if you think about elements like the personalized learning, you think about the more and more, of course, um, the, the digital elements becoming more important, our products will need to evolve with that too. The, if you take also the integration, yeah, we're yeah. here at the BET conference. So if you look at the stands here, there's so many solutions that a teacher might want to use. For us, and particularly in the edge learning situation, it's all about how can we integrate in the best possible way so that it doesn't, give this experience to a teacher and a student of all these different things and they need to that we can make that more seamless uh, for them and I think that's an important way of, of, of supporting the teachers. But do you, can you tell any trends in the market now you've just been over to that uh, within digital learning? Well I was just walking around again and it was um, interesting to see how much focus there still is on the whole hardware side as well so there's the number of screens the number of and I know that's also the more visual part but it was interesting to, to note and, and I can relate to that if I look at markets that are only at the start of the digitalization so take the Polish market we also have cooperation with um, Samsung as a company to to support sort of the rollout of the of, of um, uh, the devices in the classroom and then we have of course in that case the content that can come come with it there was a, a yeah, it was a real observation to see how much focus there was still on, on that. At the same time, you see a lot of smaller solutions now coming into play, whether it's on online assessment or, or gamification or robots. I mean, you can really literally see how crowded that market is. And I think that is all about how can we then, with all these choices a teacher or a school would have, how can we make that a little bit easier by integrating it well? And I think that, that I think will be important because it's, I think it's 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 nice for a school and a teacher that you have all these things, but it's too much almost, right? So yeah. how do you integrate that in a, in a in a good way? I think is is it's going to be very important going forward. But we're in the phase now in the market where I think you see all these possibilities with digitalization that leads to an enormous amount of of new offerings. And I think over the next uh, you know, whatever it takes, but let's say five to ten years, you will see that that more and more will will sort of consolidate as well. And and I also like you're saying that there is the market is so big at the moment and it, it's it's like I would I've just been over there today as well and and it's impressive but it's also like a jungle yeah. uh, and to be able to make sure that you you do the right choices I think it's also very important that we make sure that we we teach the teacher how to use the different tools yes 
partners. Yeah, and if you look at a market like the Netherlands, where the digitalization has already gone very far, teaching the teacher or supporting the teacher rather with, with all these tools and how do you do it in the best possible way, etc., is a very important part of the offerings that we, uh, that we have. Um, and that was even more so needed um, when, when it was Corona time. Because of course, then it was all of a sudden, everybody had to do it, even if you weren't using it as a teacher uh, before. But I think that, that, you know, teaching the teacher element is, um, is very important also going forward. And we recently discovered, like you just mentioned, during COVID that we need to collaborate in a new way. And, and how do you think when it comes to collaboration skills, how can, how can digital learning support that? Yes. Well, first of all, you see in a, quite a lot of the countries now that the collaboration skills become more important in the curriculum, right? So it's, it's, I understand from you that's in Norway is the case, but I see it in other countries as well. So when countries introduce new curriculums, uh, curricula, that you see that element becoming more important. And of course, if you think about digital, then the easier you can make it to share that content, to share the sort of collaboration work itself. Um, even if you are again back in the in the classroom, but certainly around the time when it was all digital, that's crucially important because then it is not about uh, you know wasting time on on on, on that collaboration itself. You can really zoom in on on the content and making that work for uh, for the teacher and the students. And I think that's our role very much is trying to make it as easy to do uh, as possible. And then it's up to the teacher, of course, to choose what they want to do, how they want to do it from the point of view of the real curriculum. But would you say there is any, any negative sides by digital, digitalization in the education and markets? Well, I think if we, this is a personal view, but if, if, if you look at, everybody was happy to also have the personal contact again, right? Yeah. And certainly also with kids we've seen, and, and, and not a psychologist, but I've heard a lot about, and I read a lot about the negative sides of not having that interaction. And, and so, yeah, I, I think um, it's all about the balance. And when we talk about blended learning with, with a lot of our content, that's what it is about, is that combination of in the classroom, digital, you know, the uh, print, but also online, and use these these kind of tools also in the best possible way. So some of the assessments can very well be done online, but other things is, of course, much more that interaction. And I truly strongly believe that at the heart of it all is that, that's, that connection between the teacher and the child. And our role is to support that in the best possible way. And that can be depending on also where a country is on, on the digitalization, that can be in print, that can be digital, that can be the combination. And, I believe a lot of it will be that combination going forward. I'm glad to hear because I totally agree with you. <laughs> so, Robbie, we've been talking about a lot of yes. different things within the education market now and a lot of very important topics. But we need to talk, even though we already talked a little bit about the future, we need to talk still a little bit about the future. Um, because I know that a lot of teachers in Norway are having questions about how do we see the future of its learning? Yes. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, I, I, I think for, for Salma Learning, when we acquired its learning, it was for us a very important step, particularly what we call the secondary education uh, market. The technology that its learning brings, the knowledge, the know-how around it is very, very important for us. So we are actually investing 
a lot in its learning at the moment, and particularly also in the underlying technology, to take it to the next level, not just for the Norwegian market, but for the whole of the secondary education market uh, for us at Sanam 11 across Europe. So if any reassuring was needed, then uh, um, I think it, you know it's, it's very clear to us that this is a very important part of our offering going forward. It will all become what we call more modularized over time because the solutions in one market can be somewhat different than another, especially when you move more towards personalized learning, etc. So the new developments that you would see from an learning perspective are on the one hand, of course, technical, but they are also very much about more and more integrating it with the content and the content solutions that there are in all of our markets, but also, of course, in the Norwegian market. And, and like you said, the content uh, within learning, even if it's textbook, e-learning, digital, whatever, it needs to be some sort of combination. Yes, it does. Very much does, uh, that's the case. And also, of course, constantly looking for the next sort of elements of what is the future of the personalized learning. How can we make the life of the schools and the teachers even, uh, even easier, right? even more efficient? I would like to thank you, Rob, for for your time. I know you're a busy man, uh, and thank you for sharing your thoughts. My pleasure. And I wish you a great day. You too. Thank you very much. Now we've got to see Marianne Eik. Welcome, Marianne. Hi, tusen takk. Og akkurat som meg, så er det din første tid på eller første gang på Bert. Absolut. Hva er intrykket? Wow, det er inntrykket mitt. Jeg har vært på en kul sett læring på digitale flater, men har på en måte hørt om BET, men ikke kunne dra dit. Så jeg er kjempe, kjempe fornøyd, og ja, skulle gjerne delt meg opp, så jeg kunne vært på mange ting samtidig, for det er så stort. Men fortell litt om bakgrunnen din, hvorfor du er her. Ja, jeg er her gjennom universitetet i Agder. Der er jeg inne som lærerressurs på noe som heter undervisningsverkstedet, og det er på en måte fremtidens klasserom. Og da er jeg på en måte en, skal vi si, en veileder, både for lærere ute i fylket der jeg selv jobber. Jeg jobber på en videregående skole, Tangen, i Kristiansand. Og da kan jeg være veileder for lærere som vil komme, eller skoleledere, eller avdelinger, eller fagseksjoner, eller om du vil ha med deg elevene dine, og prøve ut det rommet og det vi har der av utstyr. Eller så kan jeg veilede for de lærerutdannerne og de som skal bli nye lærere, som er lærerstudenter. Så det er kremjobb å få gjøre en gang i uka, i tillegg til lærerjobben. Det høres veldig spennende ut. Kjempespennende. Jeg får basically være å prøve masse nytt utstyr og tenke pedagogikk. For det er jo tanken at man skal selvfølgelig ikke innføre alt det her til enhver pris. Det er jeg veldig opptatt av, veldig enkelt mot skjermbruk selv. Så man skal gjøre det hensiktsmessig og med pedagogisk baktanke. Vi har jo snakket tidligere i dag med andre som har vært og deltatt på BAT også. Og jeg må stille deg det samme spørsmålet. Føler du at du ser noen trender inne på selve tradeshowet? Ja, nå har jo ikke jeg sett det her før, men jeg har jo som sagt vært litt rundt til gang. Jeg synes det var veldig interessant at de har showroom e-sport. Veldig sånn hot topic, og jeg har ikke noe forhold til det selv. Så der måtte jeg gå og kikke litt og var på en slags presentasjon av det i hvert fall. Det er veldig kult å se at de har oss med sikkert elever som går på det her, som sitter og har konkurranser og spiller og viser hva de driver med. Så det synes jeg var veldig tøft. Bortsett fra det så ser jeg også at det er interessant at de følger opp litt hvordan 
ting har ändrat sig på grund av pandemin för då har det ju blivit mer tid till skärmbruk och mer mer frihet kan du se si, för eleverna och så lärare som har blivit påtvungna om att göra ting digitalt. så det följer det upp lite både på positivt och negativt och så ser jag att det samtidigt också är er mycket fokus på nettop att vara kritisk. Alltså ja, fördi vi brukar som jag och den näste och som jag också syns är jätteintressant det är er visual literacy att vi rätt och sätt måste lära oss att läsa på en annan måte för det är er så mycket som är er mer än bara ord speciellt med all teknologin då. Och för de som inte vet vad det betyder kan du förklara det kort med någon? Ja, det är er ju att man läser mer sammansatta texter, att man typiskt har infographics eller plakater där både bilder och text ut dyper varandra och skapar en ny mening. och det måste vi lärarna ta in för oss att det är er både appellerande och gör ting mycket klarare för eleverna för det är er det de är er vant till genom skärmbruket sitt. Så att ge dig bara en text på papper eller bara ett Word dokument med text vill vara rätt så svårt för många elever. Eh syns ju det är er rart för honom att själv som språklärare men ehm jag väldigt gott det att framtiden blir mycket mer att vi eh sätter samman ting på något annat och brukar de verktygen vi har. Så då handlar det både om att eleverna lär sig att göra det själv och det handlar om att vi som lärare lärer dig att läsa det på riktigt mode och så kritisk. Eh, ja, och att vi också kanske välger att visa någon av tingene som vi underviser dig både med bild och text. Mm. Men tror du att att vi är er, er vi öppen nog att ta in våra sanna förändringar? Eh, nej. <laughs> eh, jag tror det är er ett jätte eh, det är er ett jättegap som både i vad eleverna driver med ellers i livet sitt och det vi lärarna tror de driver med eller det vi prövar att ta in över oss och in i klassrummet och så är er det ett väldigt gap med de lärarna som är er intresserade att ta det in. De som bara tar det in för att träffa eleverna och de som tar det in med begrundas som jag sa i stad då. Inte för en vapris men att du tänker om hur kan du bruka det. Liksom VR-briller, jättekul, jättetufft och så men jag måste ställa mig själv frågan vad är er, uh, learning outcome? Vad får eleven ut av att vara på de VR-brillorna och hur kan jag sätta in i en riktig kontext för det de ska lära hos mig? Så nej, jag tror att vi är er, uh, där har vi ett litet stycke att gå. Ja, jag tror vi har ett långt stycke att gå och kanske speciellt efter pandemi och hemskola. Vi ser speciellt på eleverna jag har själv också att de Det var det här med attention span då. Det är er säkert farligt att snacka om det när vi är er på sånt tech ställe, men vi blir ju avhängiga av telefon och genom att sitta två år hemma så har vi blivit mer avhängiga. Och eleverna är er mindre mottagliga för att sitta i klassrummet så där där måste vi ju göra något. Så menar, man ska inte nödvändigtvis underhålla dem, men nettopp för exempel med visual literacy att vi möter dem i mer det de är er vant till från andra arenor. Ja, och visa det att det kan vara ett nyttigt verktyg. Ja, och nettop lära dig hur de kan ta läring ut av det. Alltså man kan lära dem massa om engelska exempel som jag har som fag kan ju lära massa om det genom att game och sånt. Men då måste vi också ha fokus på det och snacka med eleverna om det då. Absolut. Men nu vad känner du på idag när du har varit där? Är er du motiverad? Blir man motiverad? Vad kanske ett dåligt spörsmål. Men blir man blir inspirerad? Ja, blir man inspirerad och motiverad att vara på sån öppning ja. som det? Ja. Man blir jag blir det i vart fall men så blir jag också lite stressad för det är er väldigt mycket man vill ha med sig och så hör man ju sån ord som GDPR och ting man har passat på bak som vi jobbar mycket med också i det undervisningsverket exempel då um, som vi må passa på och många ting som på något blir slängt ut och lärare börjar och brukar utan att tänka på de tingen där när jag heller på vidaregående och många elever som har er över 16 år så 
Sånn sett kan jeg prøve ting, men ja, jeg blir inspirert eh, og litt stresset. Og så håper jeg at det er flere som også på en måte vil være med i den mer kritiske diskussionen om skjermbruk eh, og hvordan vi kan sette skjermene inn i et mer aktivt klasserom som ikke betyr, altså skjerm for mig betyr ikke en til en. Det betyr at jeg fortsatt kan ta det inn i en aktivitet som går på sosial læring. Kanskje noe av det viktigste med en ny læreplan vi har også. Hvordan skal de lære? Altså, vi hadde kanskje trengt en konstruktiv diskussion om skjermbruk. Yes. Inf ja, altså du kan jo dra det kjempelangt, men nå vet vi jo ikke helt hvordan det kommer til å påvirke, for det, de som er på en måte født inn i det har vi jo ikke fått forsket på, for de har ikke blitt gamle enda. Men man begynner jo å få visse rapporter, og ingen av de er spesielt positive for hvordan hjernen vår blir påvirket av det. Så jeg tenker at man må tørre å diskutere nettopp hvor, når, hvordan og hva er det som er bra. For det er så mye bra, men, men ja, det må tenkes igjen. Og hvis de sitter noen der og lurer på om de skal reise på bett, så er svaret ditt. Yes, of course! Uansett så skal man reise på bett, fordi man får treffe mange. Fordi at man både får faglig input ved å gå rundt på disse såkalte forelesningene, og det å kunne gå over til noen på en stand som driver med noe, og få forklaring. Og så trenger det ikke bety at jeg som lærer har mulighet til å kjøpe akkurat den appen eller akkurat det utstyret, men du begynner automatisk da som lærer og pedagog å tenke er det noe av prinsippet jeg kan ta inn og bruke på en eller annen måte? Og det har jeg tenkt mye å ta notater i dag uansett. Og det, det trenger vi. Absolutt, det er ikke så ofte lærere får dra på ting. Jeg hadde aldri hørt om Bett som, bare som vanlig lærer, så det, det er bare pluss. Altså. Ja, det, jeg kjenner meg jo igjen i det, for jeg er jo lærere også. Det var ikke ofte vi fikk reise på sånne eventer. Oh, no. Nei, og jeg hadde ikke hørt om Enkull eller Reset eller noe, så jeg har jobbet i forlag, og gjennom det har jeg blitt introdusert til de tingene. Så nå er jeg veldig glad for å ta det med meg, og kunne få utnytte det også gjennom den utforskende jobben i læringsverset på universitetet. Så kanskje vi må sende en oppfordring til de som ja. har messer og tradeshow, og at inviterer Absolutt. med lærerne. Absolutt. Lærerne får dra på litt for lite, ja. og så tar de seg sjelden tid til det, for de har så mye samvittighet overfor å være til stede for elevene og eh, alt som skal gjøres. Men jeg tror, jeg tror det er veldig lurt. Om ikke annet, så treffer man andre. Man får snakke med det man driver med. Det trenger jeg. Og før jeg takker for at du delte med henne, så må jeg bare understreke at vi er ikke sponset av Bett. <laughs> nei, ikke sponset av Bett, nei. Tusen takk for at du delte med henne. Tusen takk. So, I just bumped into Evan Mystery. Welcome, Evan. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Tell me a little bit about yourself, because you're an uh, educator. Yes, I work at a uh, sixth form college. Um, I do um, internal digital development um, at the college and we basically go around having a look at innovative new tech and see how it fits within a FE setting and, and then try to make students' uh, educational experience as more meaningful as possible and staff's lives a lot easier with uh, some new and interesting ways to facilitate that learning really. But uh, when it comes to, to what you've been seeing today at BET, what is your experience? Uh, well, this is my first time at, um, at the BET Fair, so BET 2022. Um, I'm so glad they moved it to March because February was way too cold. <laughs> um, but uh, my first time down here was actually, it was, it was slightly overwhelming, I have to admit, because there's just there's so many things and there's so many people to go around and see. But that's sort of what made it 
really fantastic because you could go around and talk to lots of different people and get their experiences on what they provide and they bring to an educational setting. Um, a lot of the different stands offered um, everything from cybersecurity to digital development to even giving you a go on the um, touchscreen whiteboards, and that was always quite fun. Um, and, and everything is, you know, from a range from primary schools to high schools to colleges and even stuff at a university level. And it's just fantastic to go around and, and be able to try some of that stuff and get a pilot for it and, and go, actually, yes, I can see us using this within our, within our setting. And have you tried a lot of the gadgets there today? Yes, definitely. I have, I have to admit, I was basically like a five, a giant five-year-old again. I, there was this, um, there was this mass uh, game and you had a ball and it would set up a projector on a wall and you'd throw and try and put the correct answers to sums on the ball. Um, and, and that was, that was so much fun. Um, there was loads of robotics kits that we could have a, a, a try at. Um, and there was loads and loads of different um, systems that we could we could then basically have a play around with ourselves and see how it's how it works, and then we can go back to our own educational providers, our colleges, universities, whatever it is, and go. This is how it works. It's really really cool. Um, I actually managed to grab hold of a couple of games that we could bring back. They're completely free. It's fantastic. Um, some educational games for our business. Um, department and not only are they um, like little business games but they come in multiple languages as well so they fit really really nicely in our um, foreign languages department and they can have a full-on conversation in whatever foreign language they're doing whether it's French, Spanish, uh, German and they can then play this game and learn um, business technology and, and things that would then help them with their educational modules um and just give it a go really and 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 anything that can make learning more enjoyable that's what you want you, you you've got to have that to motivate the pupils exactly the exactly yes yeah. but um when you try all these gadgets does it motivate you to go back to work and inspire your colleagues yes absolutely i would absolutely agree with that so um i not only have i come to the bet fair i've also done digifest this year as well for the very first time and both of these experiences i've come away with so many ideas and i'm so motivated when i come back and i go i saw this at the bet fair you know i think this would be really really good let's give it a try let's get them in let's do a demo this could be really really good for a project that we want to do and it's all about not only trying to make everything more digital to help with our um you know with our green carbon offset um but also making things more convenient and easy and easy to use not only for staff but for students as well and and that makes me excited that makes me motivated um to do the job that i do and i think that's something that everyone takes away from these sort of events because they are just so jam-packed with so much cool stuff and I have to ask you this question as well. Yes. Do you see any trends when you're looking into the different stems? In, in okay, so mm, interesting. So there was quite a lot of different uh, trends. A lot of it was um, uh, cloud uh, development in terms of the information that's stored from education and the way that they use their systems. A lot of it was cloud-based. Um, another thing was there was a lot of uh, robotics and AI and also that was then replicated in, like I said, Digifest in a couple of weeks ago. That was a lot of AI and I think that 
um, smart tech and AI is definitely the way forward in terms of it, the way the education sector is going. Um, and it's just interesting seeing all these different stands and the unique ways they're doing because that's one of the things I, I go around and say, I say, what makes you guys unique compared to someone else? And to all these other people doing exactly the same. And weirdly enough, they all had something that was just theirs. Uh, some people, whether it was their accessibility, some people, whether it was their, their specific features or the way that it was accessed. Um, and it's just, it's really, really interesting because um, you, I, I would always say competition drives um, development. So, so if you have two or more people in the same sector, their competitive nature will make them to drive new innovative ideas and bring that to an education sector and that only just serves to improve the lives of students and their educational well-being. Sounds like you have a lot of uh, motivating things that you can share with your colleagues. Yes, um, absolutely. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it uh, today and, and talking to you has been fantastic as well, just sharing this experience Thank you. Um, to our first better. And thanks for sharing with, uh, with this learning, Karen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Då har jag fått kommit på Philip Kaspersen. Välkommen Philip. Tusen tack. Du, du jobbar i Agder fylkeskommune och deltar på BATT. Ja, för en gång. <laughs> ja, är det stas? Ja, det är väldigt stas. Jag deltar på BATT sammen med NPED, Norsk Pedagogisk Dataförening. Och där reiser jag sammen med flentiga skolefolk från hela Norge. Från alla skoleslag, från barnskolor till högre utbildning. Så det är väldigt inspirerande att vara sammen med så många forskjellige typer skolefolk, da. med ulike erfaringer og ulike interessefelt. Og, mm. Men ser du noe, når du går inn på masseområdet, når du går inn på masseområdet, ser du noen spesielle trender? Ja, i det som er nytt for mig i år, det er at det er veldig mange stand som fokuserer på e-sport. Eh, og det er nytt for mig. Altså, vi har jo haft en del som har gått på det med spill i læring over flere år. Det har det jo vart mycket vi mycket snackar om och det blir typ min del erfarenhet på det men att få det sport det är ganska nytt. Och det är tydligtvis en ny trend här då. Men är alla sporterna då representerade så du som är glad i cykel ser du nog är e-sporten en cykel? Jag har inte sett ett enda exempel på Swift här inne ja, som är liksom det hottaste i cykelvärlden på e-sportfronten. Men men många andra typer av sporter är representerade. Mm. Men vad tänker du kommer att fördel med för exempel att bruka e-sport i undervisningen då? Tack och att det är ungdomar idag driver mycket med e-sport och det har så kunna hämta ut potentialen i alltså i förhåll till läring i e-sport. Det det måste ju vara en fördel, men jag kan inte helt se fram emot det hur det ska göras hur man ska integrera kompetensområden sånt inom för e-sport, men det finns väl en en väg där också. Kommer väl att det vart det. Ja, nog det. Ja. Är det andra trender du har lust att nämna så du upptäcker? Syns på var helt alla som syns det var väldigt likt det som var för två år sedan, men jag ser att det är en del som pegar på pandemin och lösningar för den typen av undervisning. så det är det är ju lite nytt naturligt nog. Ja, det är ju det många som har brukt ordet den nya vardagen eller vår nya vardag. Mm. Och den är väl kommit för att bli. Ja, jeg er rett for det alltid på å si. Altså, vi må hente ut gevinstene når det får det. Det er klart, dette med nettbasert undervisning har jo fått en renaissance. 
kan musik regne. Pedagogik men altså det at man kan tilby undervisning til elever som ikke kan være til stede i klassen for eksempel. På en fleksibel måde, det, det er en fordel. Absolut. Og, og det er jo det er jo en del av de. Mm. Men når man er færdig med en sånn tur som dette, og du kommer hjem poppet av motivation. hvordan videreformidler du det til kollegaer? Det er jo den store utfordringen. Altså, jeg reiser med noen kollegaer som har konkret formål med å reise over. Det er noen ting de er på jakt etter, og de tar det i sin egen organisasjon. Men så, så mangler vi, hos oss da, så mangler vi egentlig en plattform å løfte dette på. Det er noe som vi har snakket mye om, og som vi har noen ideer om å etablere en plattform for vår egen fylkeskommune, der vi kan dele sånne erfaringer og tips. Og så vi ser for oss både et fysisk forum, men også et digitalt forum, der man kan dele sånne ting. I dag så blir det litt, litt tilfeldig egentlig. Ja, men det sitter jo også sikkert en del som tenker, er det verdt å delta på BAT? Hva vil du si til de? Jeg vil si ja. Hvis du reiser med NPD i hvert fall, så er det det. Fordi at du får så utrolig mye mer enn bare den messen. Du får skolebesøk, du får erfaringsdelinger, du får togturen til og fra BAT, hvor du sier, diskuterer skole- og pedagogisk relaterte problemstillinger hele tiden. Du blir kjent med nye folk, får nye forbindelser, så jeg vil absolutt anbefale det. Mm. Takk for at du delte, Philip. Det var hyggelig. Dette var en episode av Skoletid, en podcast for dig som interesserer deg for læring, pedagogikk og mestring i en digital utdanningshverdag. Abonner gjerne og legg gjerne en vurdering eller en anmeldelse der du hører på podcast. Du finner forresten masse gode episoder i vårt arkiv og følg oss på Instagram for mer innhold. Mitt navn er Beat Katrine Mo. Vi høres neste gang.